Hello, good morning, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane, and... Good morning! That's Terrence, my hubby. We're going to be doing Persecution Press today. So let's get into it. Let's get it. Yeah. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, Hi. links will be in the description below. Are you okay, honey? If you are at all interested in supporting Rogue Radio, if you like what we do, if you like what we are putting out for you and all the information that we give, we have a GoFundMe. Every donation that we do receive will be put towards missions and also the expansion of our YouTube channel and our anchor. Missions is something that me and my husband believe in. We want to help people overseas and seeing that there are many countries that do listen to this podcast, we want to be able to give back to you as well. And giving into missions and mission work and missionaries is something that we want to do. Our GoFundMe page will also be in the description below, so be sure to click and donate. Thank you very much. We love you very much. Okay, today we're showing Israel some love, and it's about time. I'm not sure why I didn't do this before, but... Yeah, baby. I don't know why. I don't know. I'm sorry, Israel, but let's get into it. The Abraham Accords and Religious Freedom in the Middle East of Gulf Region. Hmm. This comes from International Christian Concern, and this was on March 26th of 2021. That was last month. As more Middle Eastern countries formalize relations with Israel, any human rights activists claim that the effects of these events on religious minorities in the region are undeniable and for the most part positive. The signing of the Abraham Accords normalizing relations between Israel and Bahiran. Bahiran? Bahiran? Bahiran, I think is how you say it. I'm so sorry if I mispronounce any of these names or words. I'm, I'm, I'm getting used to it. Normalizing relations between Israel and Bahrain, <laughs> along with Israel and the United uh, Arab Emirates, UAE, reflects the increasing seriousness with which many Sunni Arab uh, states see the increasing threat of Iran's uh, hegemonic uh, moves in the region and the steps they are willing to take blunt Iran's expansionist efforts. However, the normalizations of the ramifications for minority re religions, religious communities within these uh, countries. The Jewish communities 
in both Baharin and the UAE have kept very low profiles for many years, but with the signing of the Accords, these communities have been in invigorated to celebrate and express their Jewish faith, faith more openly and without fear or persecution, persecution as Baharin in the UAE have opened up to a more visible Jewish presence within their borders. The local Jewish communities of Bahrain, Kuwait, Kuwait Amman, Qatar, and Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia in UAE have come together to announce the formation of the Association of the Gulf Jewish Communities and an organization to promote greater unity and resource sharing among the Jewish communities the Gulf Corporation states. Essentially the normalization. the normalization of relations with the state of Israel indicates that the governments of Baharin in the UAE understand that by signing the accords, they are making a public statement that they are showing no hostility, hostility or distrust for their local Jewish population, population as well. By making this public statement of religious tolerance, this increases the confidence of other religious minorities, such as Christians, to express themselves more fully and increases the confidence of countries such as the United States, Canada, uh, to look at Bahrain uh, or the UAE as beacons of liberal values in a region often hostile to religious freedoms. The developments, while positive, represent the expansion rather, I'm sorry, the exception rather than a reality as many other countries in the region such as Saudi Arabia and Iran still actively persecute religious minorities such as Christians and members of the Baha'i faith. Um, Abraham, the Abraham Accords represent a step in the right direction and offer an example to other countries but there is still progress that needs to be made the west has an important role to play if it chooses to do so in spreading awareness of the ongoing persecution of religious minorities and by uh, allocating more resources fighting religious persecution and promoting freedom of religion worldwide nice so what they're basically saying is that there's there's less Christian persecution because of this accord, and that's pretty good. That's really good. Um, I hope that other countries can fall in line with that as well, because I feel like religious tolerance is something that needs to be expressed a whole lot more, especially with like religious minorities. I know not everybody's gonna like believe in Christ, but. At least we can just kind of well, get along. Well, especially like in the in the Jewish community, I know there's a lot of Jewish, you know, um, a lot of Jewish people that obviously does do, do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and mm -hmm. you know, I'm pretty sure that there's some that do, um, but a lot of Jewish people still believe that the Messiah is still yet to come. Mm -hmm. So, 
the Christians that do believe in Christ, um, you have to really give them credit for um, giving their lives and putting their lives on the line. Because there's a lot of Jewish um, people that they just think Jesus was a prophet. and You know, he was a great teacher, but he was not the son of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I understand where that could come from. Um, I know, like, a lot of the Jewish, the heritage of Israel and a lot of the Torah spoke of, you know, the books of Moses. And and they followed a lot of the law and different things like that. And I think a lot of that is just what they've been taught. And I think it just transpired from when Jesus died on the cross to a lot of those Pharisees. um just passed on that Jesus was not the son of God and he was just a prophet. Mm-hmm. And I think that went on to their kids and then their kids and that just, it, was, it started to trend. Now there are some that did believe after Jesus died that he was the Messiah. And I'm pretty sure that that's a group of the ones that are, you know, giving their lives of the generation. So I think there was a split. There was a split and a divide when Jesus died on the cross because there was one side that said, oh, he was a great prophet, he was a great teacher, he was a great man. But then there's other people split split and said, no, he was he, he was God. He was the son of God and he was also God. So so there's one group of, there's one group that believes the Messiah is still yet to come. The other group is waiting for him to come. Mm-hmm. And it's not just those two uh, religious parties. No, 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 no. There's it's also other, the Muslims. The Muslims, yep. And the Jewish yep. that have been kind of at odds, which is... Mm-hmm. And that's always, with, that's always been on since... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since, since back and since Ishmael and Isaac. Mm-hmm. Since that, that, that war is still going, going on today. And it probably will still go on until Jesus comes back. Mm-hmm. And uh, since the accord was signed, they uh, they are trying to... Kind of enforce that tolerance of people just believing in different things, which is great, honestly. Less persecution. Is that really a good thing, though? I Them think believing in different things. Well, I wouldn't because, say be, because because you could say that we're 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 very close to a one world religion. I mean, you you could bring a one dictator come in there. He can sign. He could tell them to drop their weapons. And all of Israel would think, oh, this, this guy is the Messiah. And fool them all. They could. See? So you have to think. But as far as peace in Israel, I, I'm kind of glad that the accord has kind of given them a break a little bit. Yeah, but is it, is it soon going to be a false peace? See? It might be. It might be. Yeah. We're going to go on to the next story. Next one, let's see. Let's see if it comes up. Christian Institution's third largest Palestinian employer. Oh, goodness. This also comes from International Christian Concern, or the ICC, and this is from March 24th, 2021, in Palestine. Okay. Christian institutions are reportedly the third largest employer of local Palestinians, 
um, just behind the Palestinian National Authority and the UN Agency for the Support of Palestinian Refugees in the Middle East. Christian institutions remain a large employer uh, despite the hardships Palestinian Christians face. The Christian population has dwindled in the past... The Christian population? Hmm. Has dwindled in the past decades, but Christian schools, cultural centers, and social programs remain strong in the region, uh, employing those of varying backgrounds and religions. Uh, many have noted the significant decline in the region's Christians, especially with the recent quota of increase for Palestinian representation. A 2020 survey suggested that the highest motivating factor for Christians to migrate was economics, while the report indicated the Palestinian Christian up or the plight is more political than religious in nature. Uh, it would be remiss not to uh, acknowledge the unique challenges they face. The majority of Palestinian Christians reported fear that concerns about Israeli Jews and the radical Muslims. They fear attacks and being pushed out by Israel Jews or Israeli Jews um, regarding Muslims. The primary concern is radical um, groups and Sharia law. As a result, uh, many Christians have have lived in clumped communities, uh, finding solidarity um, in shared experiences and less communal discrimination. The presence in of Christian institutions bolsters while bolsters the whole. Palestinian community and hopefully encourages believers to remain on their homelands. Okay, um, yeah, I think I've read this before. Uh, this is happening in Pakistan as well because certain, um, okay, my husband has gone nuts, so please forgive sorry, me. Guys, sorry, Ignore sorry. him. Um, but I've heard this type of discrimination is happening in Pakistan as well, where um, certain um, people of like different religions, such as Christianity, will be um, hired in a certain job, and they'll be hired in a higher, um, like, like as their boss, as a as a Muslim's boss, instead of like a Muslim being the boss of a Christian or something like that, and. Uh, it's a hard pill for some people to swallow um, when people are um, qualified for certain jobs when they are a different religion. They kind of see it as a political thing instead of more of a religious thing. And I can understand that. I just, um, I don't think that, I don't know. I just feel like we shouldn't be caring about the religion of people when it comes to their job. It, you're there to make money, and you're there to support yourself and your family. I don't know. But it's it's completely different from America, where you can just get a job 
um, despite what religion you are, depending on what job you get. But, I mean, I don't know. This comes from Indonesia. It says Mainland Asia Religious Freedom 2021 Report. This was from yesterday from the ICC or International Christian Concern. Recently, Aid to the Church in Need International or ACNI published their 2021 report for Mainland Asia Religious Freedoms. Mainland Asia accounts for East Asia, the Indian subcontinent, and Southeast Asia. The report found that religious freedom violations fester in countries where Marxist, communist, authoritarian control, religious nationalism, and religious extremism thrive. When Xi Jinping took office in 2013 as China's president, he immediately caught the international religious freedom community's attention. The communist Marxist country drastically changed or drastically tightened its religious control and and activities. Um, It imposed oh my goodness, the strictest religious restrictions and second to North Korea in a state-run campaign smothered religious minorities and placed Muslim ethnic And they call these people Uyghurs. I think that's how you say it. I'm really sorry if that's offensive to anybody, but this is what it says. Um, De-radicalization programs. Um, Another danger to religious freedom is religious nationalism, according to ACNI. Um, Countries that display majoritarian Religious nationalism include Hindu majority, India and Nepal, Buddhist majority, Sri Lanka, Myanmar, and Thailand. Exclusivist religion, religious nationalism is on the rise in India and Nepal. Now states in India have passed laws forbidding evangelism further, marginalizing and decriminalizing against non-Hindu religious minorities or discriminating against non-Hindu by India and Nepal's constitution protecting religious freedom. Sri Lanka experienced the worst attack um, against uh, Christians on East Sunday 2019 when Islamic extremists killed 267 people. That caused enormous anti-Muslim hate Buddhist nationalists in Sri Lanka, Myanmar, and Laos uh, targeted Muslims due to the rising prejudice and intolerance. Such widespread violence led to the 2016-2017 Rohingya genocide in Myanmar's Rakhine Rakhine state. I think I said that right. I don't know. I'm so sorry. Uh, These trends will continue to rise in Asia with growing control over religious freedom, religious extremism, and religious nationalism. Alright, take it away past me. 
with the advertisement. Thank you. Okay, so this one, surprisingly, is from America. Again, I know I have taken a story from America before, um, but this one is interesting, but we're gonna keep, we're just gonna go and talk about it, because this is about the Armenian um, genocide of 1915. I have talked about um, that area before and the, the countries around it that have been involved in this um, I want to say not even war, it might not even be war, just a big debacle there, so we're just going to talk about it. President Biden affirms Armenian genocide of 1915. Joe Biden becomes first president since Reagan to designate Armenian massacre as a genocide. This is from two days ago in the United States from the ICC. Um, the ICC has learned that President Joe Biden has released a statement affirming the Armenian Genocide of 1915. President Biden is the only president since Ronald Reagan to refer to this mass air atrocity um, perpetuated by Ottoman-era Turkish authorities against Armenian Tur Christians as a genocide. The Turkish government has failed to take responsibility and has actively denied their role in this, allowing them to pursue genocidal policies um, against Armenians, such as um, Nagorno-Karabakh. Um, in this statement, President Biden mourned the many Americans, or Armenians, sorry, who had suffered and lost their lives during the genocide. Each year on this day, we remember the lives of all those who died in the Ottoman era, Armenian genocide, and recommit ourselves to prevent such an atrocity from ever again occurring. So where did this happen? I'd like to know. Um, I'm going to have to look this up on YouTube, but um, let's see. The president said in a statement, And let us pursue healing and reconciliation for all the people of the world. The Armenian people, or the American people, honor those Armenians who perished in the genocide that began 106 years ago today. Um, in past years, American presidents have opted out to use the word genocide in annual statements in on Armenian Genocide Remembrance Day. Wow. Um, due to pressure from the Turkish government, uh, President Biden reportedly discussed his decision to make uh, the designation on a call yesterday with Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan. The first call between the two since Biden took office in January. Um, Turkish officials condemned the statement from the U.S. president continuing their policy of genocidal denial. Um, Turkey's 
Minister of Foreign Affairs immediately tweeted, We have nothing to learn from anybody on our own past. Political opportunism is the greatest betrayal to peace and justice. We entirely reject the, this statement based on solely based solely on populism. It is worth noting that Turkish historical scholars and journalists who affirm the genocide face imprisonment, such as the one or such as in the case of Osman Kavala. Um, the Ottoman Empire undertook the genocide against Armenians beginning in 1915, um, a policy which continued to, or continued the, oh my God, continued during the initial years of Republic of Turkey. Um, it is estimated that 1.5 million Armenian Christians were killed and displaced from present-day Turkey, forcing many Armenians to resettle elsewhere and causing large Armenian populations to grow across the world, such as in California. More recently, Turkey supported Azerbaijan's aggressions against Armenians living in the Nagorno-Karabakh, where Azerbaijani troops uh, alongside Turkish-paid Syrian mercenaries, invaded the region and took uh, control over a Russian-broked ceasefire agreement in December. Okay, so this is an update from the last time I talked about this. Evidence of violence against Armenian civil civilians and destruction of religious cities um, or religious sites during the conflict suggests some religious and ethnic hatred towards Armenian Christians still held by many um, reminiscent of the genocide over a century ago. ICC's advocacy director Matthias Pertula um, welcomed the statement by the president saying we at the ICC commend President Biden for standing up to Turkey with the designation. Um, Armenian Christians continue to suffer because of the systematic Ottoman campaign of 1915, and the United States owes it to the Armenian community to stand with them in solidarity by recognizing their suffering. As heirs to the oldest Christian nation, um, Armenians are an integral part of the global community of Christians and ought to enjoy freedom from persecution. Um, I am going to go see if there's a statement from President Biden um, about this. Because as much as I really detest the guy... I would have to give him props for this. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna listen to uh, a Democratic um, little address, and then we're gonna find a Republican uh, news segment and see if they kind of line up, or maybe they don't. We'll see. Okay, this comes from CNN, so let's listen. Biden 
and declaring the massacre of Armenians under the Ottoman Empire a genocide. Although it happened more than 100 years ago in the middle of World War One, getting a formal acknowledgement from the U.S. has always remained the key priority for Armenians. Joe Johns is traveling with the president, joining us now from Wilmington, Delaware. So, Joe, why today? Why this president? Well, uh, there are a bunch of reasons for that, and I definitely need to get to that, but the most important thing is it is done. Now the president has issued that expected statement referring to the atrocities committed against Armenians in Turkey a hundred years ago as genocide. Getting to the issue of genocide at the very beginning of that statement also says this. Over the decades, Armenian immigrants have enriched the United States in countless ways, but they've never forgotten the tragic history that brought so many of their ancestors to our shores. We honor their story. We see their pain. We affirm the history. We do this not to cast blame, but to ensure that what happened is never repeated. This is a step that a bunch of American presidents have not taken, number one, because Turkey is such a strategic ally, also because Turkey has always denied that genocide as defined by international law ever occurred. So Fred, as you asked at the top, why now? Uh, why did Joe Biden go there when so many other presidents have not? Multiple reasons, as I said, probably number one, this was a campaign promise for Joe Biden, but also he has been trying to reestablish the United States as a leader on the issue of human rights around the world. And then there's the personal relationship. The president did get on the phone with Turkish President Erdogan on Friday to tell him that this was going to happen. This was described to CNN's Kevin Laptak as uh, more or less a tense call. I also have to say, Joe Biden has been a critic of President Erdogan for some time. He's referred to him as an autocrat and even suggested, Fred, that the United States should back an opponent politically of Erdogan in Turkey. Back to you. All right, Joe Johns in Wilmington, thank you so much. So Turkey had a response uh, ready for President Biden's announcement, almost immediately rejecting it and calling it political opportunism. For decades past, U.S. presidents have worried about just that kind of diplomatic tension. CNN's Arwe Dana joins us now from Istanbul. So Arwe, we heard from Joe there that there was a, it was a tense phone call uh, between uh, the two leaders. Uh, what do you know about this? Yeah, not entirely surprising at all, given what they had to talk about. What was especially interesting, uh, Fred, was that in the readouts from both countries, from the White House and from the Turkish presidency, neither of them mentioned uh, this particular issue. Now, Turkey did come out with a fairly harsh statement quickly. This came out of the foreign uh, ministry, where they were calling it a vulgar distortion of history and basically saying that they are not going to be taking lessons from uh, their own history, their own country, from anyone. But this has been uh, quite a topic of debate, very contentious for quite some time now. For decades, Armenians have lobbied and pleaded to have the mass killings of their ancestors recognized as genocide. The exact number of Armenians who lost their lives more than a century ago is in dispute, but experts put the numbers between 600,000 and 1.5 million. The campaign against Armenians in Ottoman lands included forced migrations, massacres, and starvation. 
For many Armenians, recognizing the brutality endured by their ancestors is a crucial step in righting a historic wrong. But modern-day Turkey that rose from the ashes of the Ottoman Empire has long maintained the killings were not systematic, were smaller in number, and do not meet the legal definition of genocide. In fact, the word genocide and the legal framework around it only entered the mainstream after World War II. The word was coined by a Polish lawyer to describe the Nazis' systematic attempt to eradicate Jews in Europe, what we now call the Holocaust. Turkey has softened its position over the years with Turkish leader Recep Tayyip Erdogan in 2014 oh, he did. the first ever oh. statement calling the events of 1915, a now we are going to go to a Republican side. Biden recognizes Armenian genocide on 106th anniversary. So this is from OAN News, of course. So let's just jump into this. The White House formally recognized the massacre of Armenians by the Ottoman Empire as a genocide. A statement on Saturday, Joe Biden said, the American, the American people honor all those Armenians who perished in the genocide 106 years ago. The genocide began in 1915 through 1923 with an estimate of 1.5 million deaths. Biden went to say, we honor their story. We do this not to cast blame, but to ensure that what happened is never repeated. The Armenian prime minister responded, commending the U.S. for the commitment to protecting human rights and universal values. There's some devastating news coming from Nigeria. This was from two days ago, I want to say. Um, I'm trying to wait for the page to load. Hang on. Please work. There we go. Uh, three students confirmed dead in latest school kidnapping. Um, international Christian Concern. Three of the students kidnapped on Tuesday night from Greenfield University in Kasarami Village, Kaduna State, have been confirmed dead by Kaduna State Government. Samuel Aruwan, Commissioner of the Internet the internal security of home affairs in Kaduna State uh, made a statement on Friday. In an act of mindless evil and sheer wickedness, the armed bandits who kidnapped students of Greenfield University have shot dead three of the abducted students. The remains of three students were found on Friday. Um, in Kowanin Batur village, a location close to the university. Um, according to PM News Nigeria, the brother-in-law of one of the victims sent a message to Tolu Ogunlesi, Ogunlesi, 
um, the special assistant to President Buhari, Buhari, on a digital, on digital and new media part of the letter said, um, "I'm marginalized as a Christian in my state. I go elsewhere, and I'm being stereotyped." Uh, today, my sister is dead. I cannot, for the life of me, imagine what she went through in the hands of these evil men before her ultimately, her untimely death. Excuse me. Can you? How do I comfort my wife? Attacks on schools have dramatically increased on the in the past years as kidnappers have capitalized on obtaining large ransom payments. The Islamic terrorist group Baku Haram, um, whose name loosely means Western Education is Forbidden, um, established the pattern of kidnapping school children for ransom in 2014 when the group abducted 276 uh, mostly Christian girls from a school in Chibok 2021 has already seen uh, several large-scale kidnappings, which were um, originally thought to have been carried out by loosely organized bandits. Recently, Kaduna State um, Governor El Rafay, Rafay, Rafay uh, informed the public that the ransoms are used to fund Boku Haram. Uh, please pray for the Lord to comfort grieving families and strengthen their faith during this difficult time. Please also pray for the safe return of all who have been kidnapped and for the captors that their hearts should be softened and that they will experience the love of Christ that leads uh, to true repentance and salvation. This also comes from Nigeria. I'm not sure if it's related to... Well, it is related to, but I, I don't know if it's directly related to the three students that were kidnapped, but we're going to see. Um, Boko Haram attacks town in Borno State. Boko Haram um, terrorists attacked the community of Menok in Borno uh, State in on Sunday, seizing control of the town there motorcade moved uh, straight to the location of Kefela Primary School as a as they started sporadic shooting. Okay, this probably is tied to what happened. Um, what we just said. What we just covered. Um, a resident told Daily Trust Nigeria, we are currently indoors praying for um, our safety. That's all I can say for now. Um, the number of casualties is currently unknown as terrorists continue to wreak havoc on the town. It is gathered that some ISWAP fighters, um, on sighting the military jets fled to Minok, Minok, uh, primary school to escape air troops strikes and burnt a police station out of anger reported a PR in Nigeria. Uh, the assault comes just days after insurgents raided uh, Gidam, 
the headquarters of Gidam local government area of Yobi state. The Islamic terrorist group Boko Haram has killed tens and thousands of Christians in Nigeria and displaced millions in an attempt to discard Western influence and impose strict Islamic Sharia law. The target those or they target those uh, who do not share their radical interpretation of Islam, um, often attacking villages and forcefully converting Christians, other religious minorities, and many Muslims who they feel do not appropriately adhere to the teachings of Muhammad. Uh, while the Nigerian military repeatedly insists that the group has been defeated, attacks are ongoing, with soldiers being particularly targeted in uh, recent months. Please pray for the end of Boko Haram, uh, insurgency, and the Lord soften their hearts and militants, um, who all too often are children forced to partake in heinous acts of violence. Please also pray for those who have been victims of terrorism, for the Lord to heal them and strengthen the church amidst the persecution. Alright, this one comes from Iran. Let's read it. One Iranian Christian uh, released and four more arrested. Um, Iranian Christian convert Majidreza Sojoshi, uh, sorry, Saojanshi was released from Greater Tehran Penitentiary on April 8th, four months early from his prison sentence and after testing positive for COVID-19. Sozanchi um, spent two years in Evan prison before being transferred uh, in December 2019 to Greater Tehran Penitentiary, also known as that Fashafweya prison. We're gonna go with Tehran. Iranian um, authorities arrested Sojinshi or Saojenshi um, on November 2017, and originally he was sentenced to five years in prison. Um, the maximum sentence for his charge of propaganda against the state through membership in, evangel in evangelical groups and conducting evangelism. The sentence was later reduced to two years when uh, then courts added two additional years for a criminal charge uh, which is initially murder before being changed to theft. Saojinshi um consistently denies the de the criminal charge his theft charge also arrived um with it 74 lashes oh my god so he was whipped 74 times is that what it means Shaojinshi <sighs> also released from Greater Tehran Penitentiary and is not expected to return to serve the remainder of his sentence. The prison is notorious among human rights groups and criticized for unsanitary conditions, 
lack of separation between criminal and political prisoners, and overcrowding. One of the wards uh, Sajinsky spent time in was twice its capacity, um, forcing prisoners to sleep in the hallways. My goodness. Um, just days after Shaojinshi was released, um, four more Iranian Christians were arrested by intelligence officials Islamil Narim Napur, Mohammed Ali Torabi, Ali's, Ali Reza Vark Shah, and Hojat Lotfi Kalal. Kalalaf. Kalaf. I'm so sorry. Um, I did my best. A lofty. I'm gonna try this one more time. I'm determined. So. Islamil. No, is. Ishmael. Oh my god. Ishmael Narin. Narin Mampur. Muhammad Ali Tarabi. Um. Ali Reza Varksha and Hojat Lotfi Kalaf were all arrested on April 19th in Dezful uh, Kuzetsin Providence. Um, is- Ishmael was taken from his home following a 7 a.m. raid while Mohammed was interrogated at his shop and has or then had his home searched and phone confiscated. Both men have not been allowed to contact their families. Alireza was summoned to intelligence offices and was permitted to contact his family. Anyway, that's all for today. Thank you, Renegades, for listening. I'll see you in the trenches next time. Oh, my husband wanted to say something. And that's all, folks. All right, bye.